What is up this morning? It is Wednesday. We got a lot going on for a Wednesday. It's a big day mm. for the future of a Sodu. I, I guess we think so. Carvana turns 10, and we're going to wrap up the EV soap opera thing. Everywhere I go. Oh, I don't know. world just feels like a soap it up. opera. We, we might, like, I mean, we might serve it on a platter to you, but well, it is far was, from wrapped. I kind of, the only <laughs> illustration that comes to mind is the magazines in the grocery store checkout aisle that wrap up the soap operas for the week, right? And right, all the people yeah. that say I don't watch soap operas, I don't know who does, but I don't know those people. Uh, but apparently people do, and they got all these characters and lots of drama going on, and can you believe that Ryan's dating this person and all that stuff? So kind of got that little bit of that going on. That's what I had in mind this morning anyway, when I call it a soap uh, that's opera. Good. That's fair. That's that fair. Is it is a soap opera. Straight up soap opera. I know. So we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Good morning, Larry Feldman. Good to see you. It's always good to know you're you're just there checking things out. Um, David, good morning. Brian, good morning. Oh, man, we got the crew. Everybody all coming showing in hot. Up. Everybody's ready this morning. Showing up, showing up. Hey, need, go ahead. Paul, real quick. Just if if you're watching, if you're listening, if you're whatevering, uh, at <laughs> 10 Eastern, 9 Central on Wednesdays, yes. we do Pitch Tank Live. It's a 30-minute show. It is that's all. That's all it is, right? We get in, we get out, we dial it up. We got Steve Greenfield, Ben Hadley, Grace Scott, uh, people like Alec Pinion, Eric Hall coming in to moderate. Look at the tech that's entering our industry. You should be there. It is a ton of fun. We'll honor your time, and you get like three demos without even having to schedule them on your own. Oh, nice. no pressure, and you get all these other people that are thinking about angles you're not thinking about asking questions and where else can you get three demos expert opinions in 30 minutes nowhere from actual practitioners too right because we yep. keep the hands in the dirt so we want people that are actually using and thinking through and trying things to give feedback and rankings on the show so please join us go to clubhouse um search automotive state oh how do you get to it on clubhouse now if you search pitch tank you search will it come up no it's not clubhouse it's on linkedin oh we're doing linkedin Wait. now i didn't we're doing yeah. LinkedIn. You got to follow my profile, hit the little bell, blah, 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 boom, and then you'll be there. Uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn so. is the place then. And we'll, we'll post it on our page as well, just so you know. John Foley, thank yep. you for commenting. Site looks good and fast. If you haven't been to a Sodu.com recently, go to a Sodu.com and experience how fast the stinking website it is ridiculous. Kyle's been in the background like a mad scientist, every like sending me text messages. I just figured out one little nerdy thing that I don't understand. <laughs> Right. And he does all that. And then I get excited because the site's fast. So check it out just because. And if you're not signed up for the email list, you can sign up for that super duper fast too. Um, we have an awesome announcement to make. Actually, Steve Greenfield made the announcement today, but uh, we are partnering. Uh, we're, in the, we're in the middle or at the tail end of a second round of financing for Asoto to move us into the next phase of the Asotoverse. We have so many announcements and people coming on board and shows that we're developing and about to start shooting coming up. But um, Steve Greenfield, the team at Automotive Ventures, uh, has really you know been a great partner over the last you know two years, and they've just are they're, they believe in what we're doing which is really banding yep. together the community in automotive that really believes that the culture and the perception of automotive is better and that our best is yet to come and that there's a better version of ourselves right around the corner. So Automotive Ventures, we've given them uh, the final allocation in this round and their investment club is going to have the opportunity to do that. And if you want to be a part of that, you can. So you can just, how do you get there? There's not, can you get to the investment club website? 
Yeah, so you can go to uh, Steve's LinkedIn profile or automotiveventures.com and find the investment club there. Um, You do have to register, fill out the type form, and then uh, and then they'll kind of get you in their process. Um, That's their their portion of of handling this. It's not something that that you do directly through us. So um, make sure and check out that message, Steve Greenfield or Andrew Gordon, if you have any questions. You know, there's a phrase that he uses, but it just came to mind. We want to democratize automotive media, right? Like that's there an element of what we're doing. So if you want to be a part of it on that end, be awesome. But if not, we're just happy you're a part of it. You get to be a part of it every day yep. through checking out the podcast, talking about the topics, engaging in social media, showing up to the events and all that good stuff. Uh, Kyle, we have a birthday to talk about today, though. Yo, we got birthdays. Birthdays on birthday. I wish we had a happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday deal. Yeah. What, so uh, Carvana <laughs> celebrated its 10th birthday yesterday with an ironic stock price we might add of one dollar for every year they've been in business they closed the day at ten dollars and four cents um uh on the day which is actually up quite a bit from what it was in previous weeks but carvana has been a thing for 10 years um it's pretty wild in 2013 their intense focus on customer experience uh led to carvana actually being one of the youngest companies ever to debut on the fortune 500 um their first vending machine which have become uh, a bit of iconic and somewhat of a problem in some places actually kyle appeared in nashville right here in nashville it was a big talk that's what i was gonna say i was like tell me the story of nashville 2015 because you were in oh i mean everybody was talking about it like it was on all the news it was right on my drive to work and you saw it kind of going up and you know they did this whole back back then they like really really uh got tried to get people excited about like going there, getting their coin out, putting the coin in, pulling this lever, and then the car coming down off the thing and taking delivery. And uh, then it just became like a little holding spot and a big old billboard on the side of the road. It's still there. And they they actually keep uh, a good amount of cars. Nashville is a, a pretty um, engaged market for the Carvana. Uh, the, you know, the, like the buyer demographic is really, really, uh, it, it's, it's the right demographic, you know, the East Nashville, like younger oh, yeah. um, tech forward is really, fits. is really there. Well, um, here's a quote from CEO owner Garcia. Ten years ago, when we sold our first car online in Atlanta, Georgia, it was hard to imagine at that time just how far we would come in the first decade. Carvana's core values and our belief in treating people better have led the way toward creating a better car buying and selling experience. According to a new survey just released by Cox Automotive in 2022, 81% of shoppers responded that responded said the overall car buying experience was improved by online activities. So congratulations to Carvana for 10 years. They've definitely helped the industry move the needle they, forward. In they've blazed attention. a trail that no matter how much they, they, they hate on the franchise dealership system, they've moved the needle for the entire industry. Yeah. Sure. And so, uh, Hey, when you're trying to focus on people and love people more than cars and all that, guess what? You got a friend and a fan in a, so too. Oh, I'm thinking of a segue. We had such a good day of segues yesterday oh, man, that I don't want. I don't want to. I don't. It was wanna, like, so good, right? <laughs> uh, it's okay. It was so good. So uh, I, I just. Stop. I'm just going to do that because we don't have a segue <laughs> button. I won't. I won't even do it. But uh, sometimes we like to <laughs> aggregate news in a particular area because. Um, because there's a lot to talk about. So as the EV world turns, we'll call this today, according to recent data, uh, every $100 in Tesla revenue, we haven't talked about Tesla in like four days now, uh, every $100 in Tesla revenue turns into, get this, $26 in profit. 
That's amazing. That's a, which is some um, net revenue. I'll take that business, <laughs> which is far greater than its competitors and proving a major competitive advantage despite the newsmaking antics of CEO Elon Musk and the company's recent stock value reckoning. The value of Tesla still remains greater than that of Toyota, Mercedes, uh, Volkswagen, BMW, General Motors, Stellantis, uh, and Ford combined. So he's still got that. The current case, uh, there's combined. a Combined. <laughs> combined. But we just, but, like, I wanted to make sure people get, it's not like, uh, more than each of those. It's more than each of those added up together. Nice. Um, but it's obviously not without its downfalls and drama. There's a current court case right. uh, focusing on Elon Musk's $56 billion pay package. Uh, they heard closing arguments yesterday in Delaware. Chancellor Kathleen McCormick, who is presiding over the case, called the prosecution's uh, final argument elegant and a kill shot. Like, that sounds like a lot of drama. Uh, as they Whoa. attempt to discredit the manner in which the board uh, posed the pay plan to a vote for shareholders. And the defense says, hey, like, we were upfront with it. And by the way, shareholders 10x their value since the point where they approved the pay package. So they actually got a lot of consideration as a result of the great pay package. And then Elon Musk uh, during the hearing, told the court that, um, you know, the pay package was helping him realize his full ambitions to, as a way to get, quote, get humanity to Mars, he said. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it's, like, if that's not a magazine worthy, I don't know what is. It's full drama. It's like every single week, you're like, come on, or, you know, Tesla stock price up, Elon Musk going nuts, right? And... I don't know what to think of it. It, it, you know, when when you have a company that's running at that type of margins, you know, it's going to continue to, you know, play favorably with stockholders. But I just can't imagine how long they can, like, stockholders and the public can continue to kind of put up with the antics alongside of this. I mean, it is a full on soap opera. Um, you know, it's 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 wild because like everything everything he says, kind of like is scrutinized to the nth degree, mm -hmm. but also like he continues to keep to his word at some level, you know? So I, it's really hard to make heads I, or tails. I don't, even, I don't even know. I don't know how to pin it down. I don't, but on March 1st, um, in the shareholder earnings call on March 1st, they have teased the fact that they are going to make some level of announcement on a, a cheaper, a lower level, more affordable uh, entry-level EV. So I think everybody's uh, on a little bit of pins and needles to see like, what's that swing actually going to be? Like, are they going to come out with a sub 30,000 model Tesla? If so, that'll obviously be a big deal. Um, well, and there was news this morning that like someone, I can't remember who the research was done by, but basically the model three is four grand lower than the average EV price right now. So they're already like, they, they already have the, a, a lower end product. And so to potentially come out with a, a you know, a, a more cost efficient product below that, would definitely disrupt the market, especially if they have their margins somewhere in the neighborhood of where they have uh, their current margins at like nine grand or whatever it is. I know it. I know it. Okay. And the last story in this kind of EV world turns, bring you back to um, kind of uh, established, what are we calling traditional automakers? We weren't gonna. We weren't gonna call it legacy. Yeah, I can't remember what we were calling it, but you know, we had a great word for it. Someone remind us of that wonderful yeah. word. That we <laughs> it, was that a, one really, time. it was a really great way to spin <laughs> it. But the people that have been around for a really long time before you and I were born, um, and all those companies that started like that. Wall Street Journal article um, just featured a broad, you know, the broad disagreement on how quickly EV adoption will actually or likely occur. Most car executives agree that the transition to electric vehicles is inevitable. 
how rapidly to make the switch is the central question, the one that's driving divergent strategies. Uh, that's a, a quote from the article. So basically, we have f four different opinions or people that they mention. Uh, Volvo's chief executive, Jim Rowan, said, we don't want to risk missing, missing the market, right? So that's their position, yeah. which is why you see Volvo like totally get all it. the way in and fast. Yep. Um, next up, traditional automakers are pointing to limiting factors as a whole saying like there's some things that are out of our control, specifically uh, battery mining, you know, mining materials, battery materials, saying like, hey, yep. there, there's going to be a bottleneck that we actually can't control. So yeah, there's a supply chain issue for sure. Big Trying time. To figure and, that out. and I think we're only beginning to see the, the, the fruit of that one. Subaru, who has earned the trust of uh, a traditionally very green customer base, is taking actually a more measured approach, uh, but a very attentive approach. Our good friend, Mr. Tom Dahl, says we are feeling the pressure, um, but we have to make sure that the market is really going to tip toward it. So that sounds I, I like a man of experience. I think that's the trick. And 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 like we talked to Santosh um, from Delaware, you know, last month, and and he was just saying like we need to be leaning on the market tendencies more than this like over dramatized, politicized uh, move toward the EVs. And I understand like from from Volvo's perspective and GM and Ford is like. Hey, Tesla's doing this. Uh, you know, um, BYD's doing this. Finfast and and these these automark automakers in other countries are pushing the boundaries of a EV adoption by kind of force force feeding the market. But can the market actually handle that force feeding, or is there a tipping point where we actually can't get past the early adopters at a, at a rate that that assumes what the production is. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, that's a balancing act that we're not finding uh, a very good, uh, you know, middle ground on, especially when you start talking to um, the, the, the actual dealers and what's happening on the ground and what people are asking for as they come in the showrooms. You know, Mike Manley, CEO of AutoNation said that there's been more communication uh, than ever between OEM execs and dealers. Um, but it kind of seems like, that they that they're coming in a little bit late with the news. It's like, oh, guess what? We've been working on all this stuff, Whoosh, right? And here it is. Eat it and and have fun with it. And so I think that like just early and often communication, understanding what's happening on the ground, not asking leading questions of the consumer public, um, and and like we we just have to take a more measured approach. In my the opinion. you know I like Manley's comments. And just, I think, the general sentiment of so many of the great dealers that are part of, you know, our ecosystem and that just that we know, they really do understand that the OEM and the dealers have to be partners more than ever, have to listen more yep. than ever, just like you said, communication early and often. Because in the end, whatever happens, every, like, dealers are still holding the bag, right? They yeah. still need the products to sell. They still need the OEM to make the right decisions. So they need to feed them the right information and there has to be a give and take of getting on board as much as you can to understand what the actual desire is for the product. And sometimes it is to like, okay, we got to like fly the company flag for a minute here and like work together. It's a give and take. And uh, I mean, it's easy. It's a little bit easy to stand on the sidelines and just like commentate on things, right? Like yeah, we're not, sure. we're not the quarterback. We're not in the huddle. We don't see the pressure, right? So we never want to come across like we know all the angles. We're just trying to encourage conversation and like, because we know. There is no more apt, resilient group of entrepreneurs and innovative thinkers than auto dealers, right? Maybe we've taken some knocks when you think of like our adoption of technology or adoption of certain things. But when you look at the long game in the last hundred years, I think it's pretty clear. Like the right group of people are in the seat to try to solve this problem and give customers what they want and frankly, just 
serve the the greater good of you know our country and our community so it's yep it's not easy and it you know we <laughs> It's not easy, but it, it does. It is. It is like a soap opera. So, hey, that's all we hey, got for Wednesday. We have a. We're just wrapping up the do. soap opera. That's, that's all it. we're doing. <laughs> that's it. But I'm sure you have <laughs> lots of stuff to get to from here. So hopefully you uh, left with a smile, a little bit more information, more than anything, a desire to go out and serve some people. Mm-hmm.